You're listening to Summit Podcasts, where you'll find sermon audio, weekly discussions of the message, the Back 40 Leadership Podcast, and much, much more. Subscribe today at summitpodcast.church and share this episode with your friends. Summit Church, every life made different. Thought I could make it. Thought I could make it, but I can't. Um, thank you for joining us tonight. Tonight really is part of our milestone series, and we're going to finish up the sermon series tomorrow. Um, and really, this idea with milestones is that the Romans, when they built their their highway system throughout their empire, they had mile markers that were stone markers that would indicate to people how far they had come so they would know where they're at on the journey, but they would also help them understand how far they had to their destination. And so for us, as we are looking at this evening, (laughs) I'm excited that we get to look back and we get to celebrate what God has done in our past. And, uh, and I'm so grateful, though, because God has done a lot of really incredible things in our past that we're going to talk through some of that tonight. Um, but, but I'm so grateful that our church is a church with a future as well, that we don't have to rely just on our past. And we don't have to just look back and go, well, wasn't it great back in the day when we've got great things in front of us that we get to anticipate and look forward to. And so we've got a few folks that are helping us tonight. And I asked these gentlemen to join me. And so from, from my left, from your right, uh, is Jonathan Mack. Uh, Jonathan is a former board member here at Summit, but he's also a current member. And he's been part of the Summit for a long time. Um, John John Blainer is in the middle here, and John is a current member of Summit Church, a former board member as well for years here at Summit. And then finally, uh, my immediate left is Pastor Don Heslop, who was pastor here at Summit for a number of years, and you're responsible. We'll blame you for this building. Um, And uh, it was kind of his vision for this building, and we're so grateful to have these three men with me tonight. Can we give these three men a round of applause? Say thank you. So guys, thanks so much. I know all of you just love being on the platform and being the center of attention. So uh, I appreciate it. I just want to talk a little bit about kind of where we've come from. So um, John and John and John, let me start with you guys first. Because you guys are still part of the church, when you look back at the history of Summit for as long as you guys have been here, what are some things, some of the most notable things that you've seen that, are, that have changed? That you go, wow, this looks a lot different than it did when I first came to Summit. I think um, what I've seen change here is everything. <laughs> it's, it, it's all changed. Uh, I mean, you have to understand when we first came to this building, uh, after we stretched to, to purchase the land, didn't have the resources really to build the church, waited up a while to do that. Um, all we were able to build was the basic octagon that you see around us. Uh, There were no lights, there was no sound system, there were no screens, there was no carpeting, there was nothing. It was a shell. There was no children's church, there was no lobby, it was just a shell. And we had 67 people here for the first service sitting on plastic chairs with a guitar player uh, in front of us. So... When you look at that less than 30 years ago, I guess my answer is everything has changed. Um, And you're going to get choked up and so am I. Come on, come on, let's do it. It, To me, it's just amazing how faithful God has been and how good he has been. And to see how this church, he has modified and transformed and transitioned this body and this facility is just beyond belief. I look particularly at the ministries that we're engaged in and I just could not be more proud of a group of believers who sacrifice their time and their resources. Just as an example, many of you know, we had a serve day recently and we had 200 people sign up for our serve day to go into the community and serve 30 locations. 200 signed up and 300 showed up. Yeah. You know, we have developed here a culture of sacrifice and service. Uh, and, and I look at that and it just makes my heart sore. And I believe it makes the heart of God sore as well. Um, 
So when you say what's changed, everything has changed. I remember we had one pastor. Uh, now we have what, seven? Uh, or uh, more. Yeah, I think eight, nine. I don't even know how many pastors we have now. Yeah. So. We, yeah. And I look, I look at local, I meet new pastors all the time. Yeah. Well, you work here? Okay, great. So. I look at missions, yeah. you know, the local missions from first responders to teacher appreciation day to serve day to elevate. Uh, and then I look at the missions all around the world and I'll never forget when Pastor Don first envisioned this piece of ground. And I've said it before, what he saw was a church that was going to minister to the nations of the world. Okay, okay, don't get too far ahead of us here. Do you ask me what's you're, changed? You're, and I said everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's good. John, John Blainer, what do you, well, you, you have any have thoughts? To, you didn't have to uh, explain everything all at once. So. <laughs> uh, just to tag on that a little bit, uh, the stage that we're sitting on now, back then when we first moved in, was a piece of the siding of this building. Mm -hmm. It's laminated particle board with 10 inches of styrofoam inside. And uh, that was our stage. Yeah. And thank goodness we did have bathrooms. I mean, for a guy my age, I mean, that's important. <laughs> but anyway, we came from a small church down on uh, School Street, or Church Street. And uh, when we moved into this church, we were in awe because we kind of had a small church mentality. I mean, yeah, we had children's, uh, children's church in place and, and some uh, the youth in place and but we, when we came over here, we needed a bigger vision and a bigger dynamic. And uh, uh, to see what, just to piggyback, I mean, he covered a lot, but uh, just to see the, uh, the movement of God, uh, to let him have his way in this place, and the growth that just came. To, we had to get out of the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just came. And... Uh, it was just totally awesome. It's just mind blowing. I'm not going to cry, by the way. So, you know, but anyway, we're just so thankful and so grateful that, uh, that God has moved in a way he has, and we're expecting bigger and better things yeah. in the future. So, so pastor Don, um, what year did you come? It wasn't summit church at the time. It was called first assembly of God. So what year did you come? Your family moved to Indiana to become the pastors of first assembly. We, I was pastor in December of 1991. Okay until April of 2003. Okay. And uh, we, we moved from the Derry Lay Trobe area. I had pastored a church down in Derry Lay Trobe for about nine and a half years before that. And it was, it was just such a supernatural transition. It really yeah. was, yeah. Well, and you had told me before that you had uh, had an experience with God one time where you basically said, God, just don't take me to Indiana. Oh my goodness. That's a long story, but I'll make it short. Okay, okay. A year before I came here, I was re reading Frank Peretti's book, This Present Darkness. Yeah. Anybody yet that's old read school. that? That's, that's, that's a, old school, yeah. That's yeah, old school. And if you remember the story, the storyline was a, a pastor was pastoring in a community similar to Indiana, PA. Mm -hmm. And the whole time I was reading this book, I was thinking, thank God I'm not pastoring in Indiana, PA. <laughs> And, you know, for, I read this book, and, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm candidating for a church in Indiana, PA. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, no, God, please do not do that to me. Because <laughs> all, the, all the demonic attacks and so on that yeah. took place in that book, it's a fictional book, but uh, we went through quite a few of those uh, situations yeah. through the years. I was here about 11 and a half years. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for churches... For, well, for our church specifically, some of the most historic moments of our church probably happened when the church was founded in 1948. In 1952, the, the building was built over on Church Street. Um, and then I think certainly moving into this building is one of the historic moments as well. And I don't think any of you were there in 1952 for that building, right? So, okay, we'll just skip that part. So what, what was it? Because Jonathan mentioned that there were less than 70 people here the first weekend we had church. So, uh, and I know, I know that the church was dynamic. There were some ebb and flows there, but what was it that, that caused you guys to say, let's go build a building over here in this pasture and, you know, this cornfield and see what God will do. So tell us a little about that process. Sure. 
And pastor Tom Squashick, who was the pastor before me mm -hmm. for about six years, began the building fund program. He started encouraging people to donate to the building fund. And the fund was already around, I think, around $100,000 when okay. I arrived. Well, long story short is the board members at the time, members in the church at the time, myself, we spent years, the first few years I was here, looking at different facilities, different plots of land in the area as possible purchase points yeah. for, for, a, for a church. Now, did you guys look at your current facility and just know, hey, this is inadequate, oh, yeah. it's out of date, it's, yeah. I mean, was that the, the issue with the yeah. old facility? Oh, yeah. And so you guys, there was unison there, we need to do something. Oh, we, we knew that God had something big in store for the ministry that had been founded there, and we just knew it, everybody knew it, everybody was yeah. in agreement. You know, there was a major input to the building fund, despite all of the other, you know, yeah. uh, uh, expenses of the, of the church at the time. Anyway, a long story short, uh, Linda and I lived in uh, Latrobe. We sold our home and we started looking for a home up here. Well, one of the homes we looked at was over on Rebecca Street, mm -hmm. right across the way there. Mm -hmm. And it was a fixer upper home on Rebecca Street. That was a mess. And we had already talked to Jonathan about possibly purchasing this property. And as Linda and the kids and I were walking through the house over there, I happened to look out one of the windows of the house. And when I looked at this property over here, which was virgin farmland, my spirit just leaped inside of me. And in that moment of time, I thought, is it possible that God is going to give us this rundown, need-to-be-remodeled home and the property across the way, across 422. And I, I went to Linda and I went to the kids and I said, you know, I really believe there's a possibility that God is going to want us to buy this home. And you know what? I think that someday we just might buy that property across the way there. Well, my kids and my daughter, Heidi, hi, Heidi, I'm going to tell on you. They all said, no way, Dad, are we moving into this house. Well, God orchestrated it that we bought that home, and the people of the church, kudos to all of them at the time, for six to eight weeks, they came over to that home wow. every single day, except for Sundays, mm -hmm. every single day, and helped us remodel and get that home wow. into shape so that we could move in. Wow. And uh, to God be the glory, amen? Yeah. Yeah. And shortly thereafter, we met with the board and we met with Jonathan and family and so on and we just uh, worked out a deal and uh, so even at that point God is orchestrating some of this but it and this is for any of you guys to speak into this is still a stretch this is not a slam dunk no-brainer as far in the natural especially because you're looking at this and you're going hey we see what our finances look like we see how many people we've got and it doesn't make rational sense to go build a six or 700 seat auditorium over here. So how did we get from, hey, we're buying property to we're gonna go build a 700 seat auditorium? Like, what did that look like? Well, I, at the time I was on the elder board after we bought the property from me and my family, and uh, we all decided that the church we had at the time held 150, 200 people. Uh, and very limited facilities for offices, for church, for kids, mm -hmm. et cetera, that we knew we needed to expand. And we knew the only way we we're gonna grow uh, is to expand. And so, you know, I say a leap of faith, it was, it was a big step of faith. I mean, it took more faith than we all had individually to, to get it done. And there was a lot of debate, and there was a lot of talking, and there was a lot of wisdom, and there was a lot of perspective. Uh, there was some concern, I might mm -hmm. say, you know, because uh, it was a huge undertaking for us at the time. But we all felt like God was calling us to do it. Yeah. Uh, we prayed about it. We prayed about it for weeks. I remember we prayed about it for months with the whole congregation praying about it. We prayed at elder boards uh, about it. And we all felt that we came to the same conclusion that it was God was calling us to this piece of property and calling us to build a church that we could grow into. And so, but we also realized that all we could do was build the original shell. Mm -hmm. That's all we could accommodate at the time with the money that we had, had accumulated. 
Well, and, and you guys built the pavilion originally before the, this building, correct? Yeah, we, we did. We excavated the whole property all at once and built the pavilion. And we sat on the property in the pavilion for probably at least three years. And I think the ball field. And then we built the ball field as well. Because we had a really good base, a softball team back yeah, then. Yeah. I don't know what the softball team's like now. I think they're pretty decent. I don't know. Yeah. We had yeah. a good team. That's not our top priority, but yeah, I, I think I, they're pretty I, good. I, yeah. I get that, Pastor. But, uh, one, of the, one of the priorities was to get people on the property. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. ball field was that and the pavilion. We had a couple services under the pavilion. Yeah. And uh, we had many prayer walks around the property and anointed the property. And... Um, it was it was very challenging. It was like the the I want to say apprehension that set in was kind of like uh, you know say a young couple's you have a house and you're living in it and you're planning on future growth. I mean children coming along and all, and you know the house you're in was adequate, but it wasn't it wasn't going to meet your needs in a short period of time. Yeah. And uh, so you go and you find a bigger house, uh, something that's going to fit your needs, and you're looking at your finances and you're thinking, oh boy, this is a stretch, you know. So uh, you pray about it, you make the step, and it's like, okay, how are we going to do, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, But God was good to us. I mean, uh, he stretched our faith along uh, with everything we did, and he supplied our needs. And um, yeah, we just had a shell, but we were here. Yeah, you know. So, so Don, uh, uh, obviously, you had to have the support of the board, and but it, the vision has to come from the the pastor, from the leader. And so, um, and I know you and I have talked a number of times over the years about some of this stuff. So, if you don't mind, what were some things you felt specifically that God was speaking to you about the future of our church and where you felt like God wanted to take our church and what it might look like? What are some of those things? If you don't mind sharing some of that, sure. There were there were a lot of fill in the blanks. We mm -hmm. were making steps of faith and leaps of faith. And, mm -hmm. and it was like every three to five years, there was a leap of faith of some kind. But it was basically, we had two, a double lot in the borough of Indi Indiana mm -hmm. for all Just those for years. The, yeah, for the record, if, you're, if you've never seen our old building, it's still there. It's at 4, 1455, I believe, Correct. Uh, Church Street. So it's between 14th and 15th on Church Street in Indiana. I would encourage you to go by, drive by there if you've never seen it before. It'll, it'll, challenge your thinking when you see that's where we were until we moved into this place. So I'm sorry, continue. So I think it's life steps. It's life Isn't steps. Life that's steps correct. In there? Yeah. Yeah. We, we had limited parking. Mm -hmm. We had more people parked on all the streets around the, the church yeah. facility and limited inside. I mean, we, we actually at one point had 300 people inside that building for some Ooh. special. Uh, yeah. The, the fire oh. marshal was not invited to <laughs> that service. And that was, a, that was a really good Sunday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was, oh, that was yeah. a really, yeah. But uh, we just knew God wanted us to move out of there, have a, a greater vision, and let him keep filling in the blanks. So, uh, you know, we ended up buying the property, and we ended, uh, you know, excavated the place, and, you know, built the pavilion, the ball field, and then eventually the church itself. One interesting fact that I, I don't know that I ever mentioned to you, Pastor, was we actually, to show how God has been in this, we actually had individuals from outside of the ministry make donations to our building fund. And I'm not talking about just five and $10, which are praise the Lord amounts, mm. no matter what. But we had uh, one individual who put us in her will. And wow. it was 120 or $150,000 at just the right time yeah. when we needed the money for a major step of faith and leap of faith. You know, and I mean, and I think all of you have experienced this, but even since I've been here, some of the major expansions we've had and big steps of faith where we go, okay, God, we think you're calling us to this. It's required God to step in with some sort of miracle that yeah. was that was beyond our control, uh, whether it's we find buildings in Blairsville that are ridiculously cheaper than they should have been or uh, a donation out of the blue, uh, you know, that we, wait a second, this, this person didn't even go to our church. But, you know, I think every move of God, it requires that because if it doesn't, then you don't really need faith. Um, so you have to have God show up and step up. Go ahead, John. Yeah, what we found along the way was we had to stand back and let God move. Yeah. I mean, it was beyond us. We could only do so much. Yeah. And, uh, and we had to wait, and waiting, it wasn't 
It wasn't pleasant. It was tough. It was a struggle because, yeah. you know, we want to fix things. We want to uh -huh. get things moving, you know. But to do that, we'd be stepping out of line with God's plan. Yeah. And uh, we just had to stand back and, and watch God move. And when he moved, it was awesome. I mean, it's like, whoa, why are we struggling with this? When, yeah. You know, and he has it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I, think, I think the thing that we wanted to know more than anything was, were we all hearing the voice of God? Yeah. Did, were we certain that this was God and not us? And I think we came to the conclusion unanimously that this was God. And so we said, all right, God, this is you. We're going to trust it's you. We know this is not going to be linear. We know it's not going to be easy. It never is. But we're going to stand firm because we believe we've heard from you. Mm -hmm. uh, and one thing I think we've all learned through our journey uh, here is that God is faithful. He can't be anything other than faithful. God is good. He yeah. can't be anything other than good. Yeah. That's his nature. That's his character. And so we were just leaning into our faith and building our faith and maturing one another and sharpening one another and challenging one another and trying to be as bold as we could be, knowing that we felt clearly that we had received a word from God that we were to move our church here. Yeah. And so we felt strongly uh, that God called us here and that we were to be here. And, uh, you know, I look at what we have today and, and all I can say is we are so blessed. I am so thankful. Um, you, we couldn't have even imagined this. Mm -hmm. You could not have imagined this 25 or 30 years ago. We didn't imagine this. We put, the, we put yeah. the, the, the wheels in motion. We put our faith in motion. We had no idea what God was going to do. But if you would have told me 25 years ago that we'd be looking at what we're looking at today, I would have said you're crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how crazy good God is. Yeah. So um, just so you guys know, in, in the church world, it is not uncommon when a pastor leaves that a pastor he is not coming back to visit often or regularly or hanging out and, hey, guys, like, that's not normal. Uh, a lot, most pastors don't do that. And that was the case with Pastor Don as well. Pastor Don was not really connected to our church after he had transitioned out. Um, and uh, the, first, the first weekend, our church broke a 1,000 I'd never spoken to Pastor Don before. We'd never had a conversation. And um, we had a mutual friend, uh, Nick Poole, and uh, he's friends with your son, Jeremy, and um, family friends. And so I, Nick knew the history. And I said, hey, Nick, can you get me connected? And he got me your phone number. And I reached out. Uh, Abby, my oldest, was a seventh grader. She was throwing a shot put, which she is very, very athletic. So... Um, <laughs> So she was, she was at a track meet and I had a break and I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call this guy that I've never spoken to before. And I called him and said, hey, you don't know me. My name is Mel Massingale. I pastor Summit Church. And immediately Pastor Don was so gracious to me, so kind to me. <laughs> and I said, this weekend at Summit, we had over a thousand people at, at church. And I said, I just wanted you to know uh, that's the first time we've ever crossed that threshold before. And I said, I just wanted to let you know. And he's, oh, well, thanks for telling me. And, and, I, and then I pivoted and just said, thank you for helping us do that. Yep. Because for me, I recognized I get credit for things that I shouldn't get credit for. I am, I am uh, sowing, I am, I am reaping a harvest that I didn't sow the seed for. And so, uh, so I'm so grateful for this man and the vision he had for this building and for what the future could hold. And I'm so grateful for, for uh, yeah. your willingness to connect and reconnect with our congregation. It's meant so much to me personally. So I appreciate yeah. that. Did you want to say something? Yeah. And Mel, if I could just interject one other thing. I mean, Pastor Don was my first pastor at First Assembly of God. Yeah. And the love I have for this man is unparalleled. Yeah. He invested his life into this church. He truly did. He invested in his life into my young children 
I'll never forget that. And there were men that came after him too that could not make it here. And I just want to recognize some of the other men that came after mm-hmm. Pastor Don. Guys like Dick Motzing, who mm-hmm. is still here. Guys like Jake Shelatz, Jim Brubaker. Rick Clayton. Rick Clayton, Dan Miller. Uh, There were others that came before Mel. Uh, And it was all part of God's plan. Uh, I mean, they all, in their own way, advanced the vision and the mission to get us where we are today. Um, But Pastor Don was the anchor. He was the guy that was given the vision that got us here today. So, so when I first came to Summit, that was one of the very first things I said was, hey, we're not undoing what's come before us. We're just building on. When you build a house, somebody lays the foundation and the concrete guys don't put the studs up. They're not framing the house out. You've got another team to come in and they're framing the house out and then somebody else will dry it in and you've got a whole, a whole crew of people that will do the work. And so I just said, hey, somebody else has laid the foundation and now I get to do my part of it. And so I'm grateful for the, for the foundation that you helped lay here at Summit among, among others. So there was a gap obviously in your connection to the church. So let me just ask you as kind of an outsider, what were the things when, when we were able to reconnect and you saw what God was doing here that you thought, holy cow, like, yes, we, we, were, we were dreaming a big dream, but I didn't anticipate this, or I didn't, wow, God, I can't believe you're doing this now. You know, I, I knew all along that I, I'm an initiator. Uh-huh. I'm a foundation kind of guy. I am not a big church pastor, okay? <laughs> Brother, God has built you with the skill set and the gifting of God to be the pastor of this church, Amen. Thanks. Can we praise the Lord for this guy right here? I mean it. There there aren't too many pastors I've met, and I've met hundreds of them, who have a pastor's heart and preach and teach so deeply and so personally and so practically. Amen? You. You know, I rejoice with what has happened here over the years. God has shown himself strong. Mm hmm. God has, has built this place, all the ministries associated with this place, despite all of us, mm-hmm. despite me, despite you, despite all of us. Mm-hmm. Amen? Yeah. Amen? To God be the glory. Yeah. To yeah. God be the glory. Yeah. And as long as we, that's our focus, that's our attention, that truly is our heartfelt being, beingness. Yeah in everything we say and do, then God will bless. Yeah. I think of Romans 8.28, mm-hmm. one of the standby scriptures. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes, right? Yeah. All things work together for good. You look back over your life. How many here have had good things happen to you in your life? Amen, everybody. Mm-hmm. How many have had bad things? Earth-shattering things, moments that... They just didn't cause you to burp. They caused you to maybe get paralyzed. Mm-hmm. And there were some of those moments for me during that transition for a lot of people. But I, I kept holding on to Romans 8.28. And this is for a lot of you here and maybe some of you listening and watching to this service right now. All things, if we let it, can work together for good. Yeah. Those who love God. Truly, how many love God here today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. How many are called according to his purposes today? Yeah. Even if you don't know it, you are. All things can work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Yeah. So everything that has happened has happened for God's good. And I rejoice. I, I'm a fan. I'm a cheerleader for you folks. I have never stopped praying for this church. Yeah in the 20 years since I was the pastor of this church. I've never stopped praying, never stopped believing. Yeah. And every single milestone that's been a glory to God experience, I, I've rejoiced. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, and, uh, Jonathan, I appreciate you mentioning some of the folks that have, uh, that have helped and come before us. And there've been so many that we're so grateful for. And for the record, I don't think Pastor Dick made it tonight, did he? Is he here? Oh, look at you. 
He had, he had major knee surgery this week and he should not be here tonight, but he is here anyway. <laughs> Pastor Dick, I love you, sir. Appreciate you. That, that guy, for the record, Pastor Dick has been on staff over 15 years now. Isn't that right? It's crazy. He, he stayed when I came and he put up with me after I got here, so I appreciate him very much. But there have been so, so, so many people um, that maybe weren't on staff that were part of our congregation that were so necessary and so important and so vital to helping our church become who we are today. And it took every single one of them. It wasn't just the pastor, it wasn't just the board, it was the kids workers, it was the, the people making coffee, it was every single one of them played a part in helping us get to where we are today. And it's not just about our building, and we've made a lot about the building, but it's not just about our building, um, but it's about what flows from this building. And a, a house it isn't really a, a home until the family's there. And what makes this church, I don't know why I thought I'd make it through tonight very easily, but what makes this church special, honestly, is our, is our people. And, um, and I'm so grateful for the people of this congregation who are so faithful and so generous and so loving. And, uh, you know, the picture of them helping you fix your house, you know, finish your house out. And I mean, that's a, that's a microcosm of our church and who they are. And so I just, I'm so grateful for where God has brought us to and, uh, and, and what he's done in and, and through us, you know, humbly speaking. Um, uh, I mentioned it last week that it, the, the idiots sitting here, we're idiotes is what it says in the Greek, that God would use people like us for his glory. And I'm so grateful for that. So I'll give each of you a, a, a kind of a final parting shot if there's something you want to say or share or confess or believe or not, not confess in a yeah. sinful way. <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought it up, Mel. I've been Pastor Mel, I've chest. been meaning to talk yeah. to you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'll lead off. I just would say, you know, I'm just so thankful for where we are yeah. and how far we've come. I'm thankful for Pastor Mel and all the staff, all the pastors here. Um, it's just a wonderful thing to watch. Uh, it's the greatest thing to be a part of. It's the most important thing in my life. I've spent the last 30 years investing myself into this body, and uh, this is the best thing that's ever occurred to me. Um, Mel Massengale and Kim, the staff, are awesome. Just awesome people. And... Uh, <laughs> We're just so blessed to have you. Uh, I think there are churches that would love to have you, and we don't ever want to lose you. We, we love the culture you've created. We love the love that you've created. We love the investment you've made into this body. Um, I love your vision and your mission. And I guess the only thing I would say, and then I'll stop talking, is let's believe big together. Mm-hmm. Let's believe big together. Yeah. I believe that God has so much more to accomplish through us. In fact, I believe that in 20 or 25 years, some of us may be looking back and saying, look how far God has brought us Mm, since our 75th. Can you even believe it? I never could have imagined that God could have done that through us. I think that's the mindset that we've got to create because I believe that God is bigger than we can ever think or imagine. I think he wants to do more than we can think or imagine. And so we just got to catch the vision and we've got to hear from God and we've got to get down and dirty about getting serious about what it is he wants to accomplish through this body in little Indiana PA because the impact can be local, regional, national and international. Yeah. And we're already seeing that, but, but this is just the beginning. We're, we're still in the beginning stages, mm-hmm. no matter how far we've come. God's got great things in mind for us, I believe. Yeah. All I can say is whenever you ask God to have his way, you better be prepared. Because our battle cry through this whole transition, some of it was bittersweet, some of it was good, some of it was bad, uh, was that we prayed that God would have his way in this place. Yeah. And it's amazing how he took 
just raw people. It, I mean, just look at his disciples, who he chose. He didn't choose the kings and the princes and the princesses. He chose people that he could use, people who are willing to invest themselves. And whenever you say, God, have your way, either in my life or this place, be prepared. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter how old you are. You can be in your teens, you can be in your middle age, you can be in your late stages of life. I don't mean it that way, but you can be elderly, let's put it that way. And God will still use you. Like John. Yeah, I'm just curious. Why did he pick the oldest guys to sit up here and tell you all this stuff? You know Experience, I mean? that's why. <laughs> so that's all, that's all I really have yeah, to say. Good. Be prepared, be open, be willing, and, and God will move. And he yeah. has this proof is here, and he, like Jonathan says, he's going he's gonna to move more. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, in that last weekend, we talked about the idea that God wants to disrupt our ordinary life, our normal life, and, and I think that's part of the issue is that so many of us don't want God to disrupt our normal life. We right. go, God, have your way as long as I can still stay comfortable and do what I want to do, and so I appreciate that word, John. Thank you. We're victims of our comfort. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Pastor Don, you have any thoughts? First of all, I, I want to thank God for his allowing me to pastor this church from December of 1991 April of 2003. I thank God. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to thank God for all the people who put up with me all those years. <laughs> there were good times and there were bad times. There were times I was right on and times I'm sure I was right off. But God, all things work together for good. Yeah. And Pastor Mel, I want to thank you for the way that you are able to cause a healing, redeeming, redemption culture in the church, in every individual's life, in every ministry. I can't imagine the tough situations you've had to deal with, with such a large congregation. Give the guy a break, will you please? <laughs> there are other pastors, but I, I want to thank you as well for, for tonight and uh, helping the church to move forward. Yeah. Keep moving forward. And if I were to Think of something to sort of project, if it's okay, I mm -hmm. do this. Yeah. Years ago, 20 years ago, whenever we were transitioning, I remember the phrase, all nations. And I, I felt back then that the ministry here was to have an influence in a ministry in all the nations of this earth. So if I were to project some kind of vision as an outsider, yeah. not an insider, I would say, look, I don't know how many nations you're affecting right now, how many ministers and ministries you're affecting right now. But like Jonathan said, 25 years from now, when you look back, you're going to go, wow, we thought that God was really doing a lot through us back then mm -hmm. at the 75th. But wow, look back at the 100th. Yeah. Man, there's like 120 more nations of the world that this ministry in Indiana, Pennsylvania has influenced and touched for the gospel of yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Let's yeah. build a kingdom and build it together. Love it. I love it. Hey, would you do me a favor? I'm going to, I'm going to dismiss these guys, let them be seated, but can we give these three gentlemen a round of applause and say, thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor Don. Love you. Appreciate you. I love you, you big sissy. <laughs> love you, John. Appreciate you. Oh, my pleasure. You can be seated. Bad news. I'm going to preach. I'm really not. I've really just got a few thoughts I want to share with you tonight, and it won't take very long. You know, one of the things that I keep thinking about as we think about our 75th anniversary, and I jokingly have told people I, I have not been here for that whole 75. Um, some of our college students think I have, but I haven't, I promise. I'm not that quite that old. But my 10 years here have been... They've been the best 10 years of our lives. And as Don said, it hasn't always been good. It hasn't always been easy. But God's been so faithful through all of it. 
And one of the things I keep thinking about when I think about where we've come from in the last 75 years and where I think God wants to take us is one of our core values and that core value is big faith. And if you've never seen it out in the lobby or on our website, we just say that big faith is one of our core values and that God does big things and asks us to believe in big ways and we'll never insult him with small thinking or safe living. And I will tell you, with a church our size and as good as things are going and are happening, it is easy for us to settle. It's easy for us to get to a point where we go, you know what, things are pretty good. We can take our foot off the gas. You know what, things are going well. We don't need to take risks. We don't need to try new things. Let's just stay with the playbook we, we have, that we know. But I just think that is in defiance of this core value of big faith and saying, God, we're gonna believe in big ways because you are a big God and you wanna stretch us beyond what we're comfortable with. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to hear from these three gentlemen tonight is because they've helped us, our church navigate seasons where we had to take some big steps and believe in big ways. It does not make any rational sense. And I've talked to all three of these guys about this, that they would build this church for, for 80 or 100 people. It doesn't make sense. Any rational human would say, don't do that except God. God said, go do that. And they were obedient. And thank God that they were because today we're able to facilitate ministry to thousands of people. We're able to dispatch people to Blairsville to help us start a location there. We're able to dispatch people soon enough to Johnstown to start a location there. And that's just the beginning because that's big faith. But it's so easy for us as a church to fall into a place where we think it's good enough. And I'll be quite frank with you. It's easy for us as families to think that way as well. Because when I look back at 75 years, I look at all the places God has brought us from. The folks that started First Assembly um, in, a, in a living room. They moved to the basement of the building over on Church Street before the, the big top of the building was completed. They needed big faith. And here's the thing, big faith has been a part of our DNA since the very beginning of our church. It's part of who we are, that God has, has put us here to believe for things and believe in ways that other people can't believe. And so what I don't wanna do is say, wow, look at all God has done. And then we settle and go, look how good it is. Boy, now we can live the good life. It's comfortable now because God's called us more to that. There's a, a, a verse I wanna share with you. It's in the book of Habakkuk. And we're actually gonna spend the month of November in the book of Habakkuk. And so I know right now you're making plans to be with us in, ha in November because you're thinking, Habakkuk, I've been dying for a study in Habakkuk. Anyway, <laughs> Habakkuk chapter two, verse two. So the prophet Habakkuk was complaining to God. Uh, he was a prophet, but there's no recorded prophecy to the people. He's just interacting with God. And he's complaining to the Lord. The Assyrians were in control. Their power were diminishing on earth and the Babylonians were rising to power. And, and he's got a lot to complain about. And, and he's complaining to God and God responds to him in Habakkuk chapter two, verses two and three. It says, and the Lord said to me, write my answer on a billboard. He says, write this down. Large and clear so that anyone can read it at a glance and rush to tell others. He says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a vision and you're gonna, it's gonna be so plain and clear that anyone can grab hold of it. And then he says this, but these, these things I plan won't happen right away. Slow, steady, uh, steadily, surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. I thought about this verse, especially as we were talking tonight and they were saying, we wanted to move forward, but we didn't have the money. It wasn't God's timing. It wasn't quite ready. And even Pastor Don saying, um, hey, I wasn't the right man to get us here, but you are the right man to get us here. There was a season that had to come. Things had to shift. Now, here's the thing I would love to tell you tonight. Here's our fresh vision for the future. Here's what it is. And we're gonna do it on Monday. Let's go. Because that's how I'm wired. But the reality is, We've got vision. We wanna start new locations. We wanna send more people on mission trips. We wanna reach lost people all over our world, starting here in Indiana. But that's not the complete vision. Because like John said, Jonathan said, what will we be looking back on in 25 years saying, 
wow, can you believe God did that? I think I've got pretty big vision, but, but I don't want our church to be limited by my vision. I want us to have a God-sized vision for our church, a vision that's so big, even I in 25 years will go, holy cow, can you believe what God did? Now, it's easy in a room like this to say, okay, Mel, great, lead the way, let's go. But this is not just for us as a church, this is for you as well, this is for your family. Because what I want us to do is to be able to look at our families and say, God, give me a vision for my family that's so big in 10 years or 20 years, I'm gonna be able to look back and go, holy cow, look at what God did. God, give me, give me a vision for my walk with you that I'm gonna be able to look back in a few years and go, oh my gosh, can you believe what God did in my life? That God wants us to be people of vision and big faith, but it's not gonna happen overnight. It's gonna take patience and perseverance. It's gonna take us being faithful to the Lord even when we don't feel like being faithful. I'm so grateful for the men and women who built this building because our church literally built this building. People were hanging sheetrock, putting the roof on, doing all the things that they were doing. That's why it took them a couple years to do it because they invested themselves. It took time. And we have to be able to approach our future in the same way and go, God, we're gonna take the limits and the, the lid off of whatever the future is. So God, we're gonna believe and we're gonna trust you for our kids, for our children, for our families, for my marriage. We're gonna trust you for our church. And God, we're not gonna be satisfied with going, well, we're gonna start a location once in a while and... God, we wanna do whatever you want us to do. I'll be honest with you, I, I want us to be a church that sends, that sends people to the nations. I want missionaries coming out of this church. I want church planners coming out of this church. I, I want us sending people all over the place, engaged and activated in a ministry that they've ca been called to, but that does not happen if we simply come to church and go, well, I'll come to church and I'll listen to Mel preach and it'll be good and... No, what I want you to do tonight is go, God, what do you have for me? What is the vision you have for my life? And just like this church wouldn't have happened without vision, men and women, over the last 75 years, God's got a dream for you that is bigger than your dream for you. And my challenge to you tonight is simple. Will you begin to dream God's dream for you instead of your dream for you? That includes two children and a picket fence and, and say, God, whatever you wanna do in my life, I'm willing for you to do it. Because what happens in us corporately begins with us individually. And if we want to live out a God-sized dream and vision as a church, it begins with us as individuals saying, God, I wanna live out a God-sized dream and vision for my own life. God, I'm not gonna settle for just living and just breathing and in and out. I'm gonna live until I die and that's my life. No, God, I wanna make a difference. I wanna make a mark. God, give me a vision for my life. And I believe he will give you a vision that's so clear and so plain that people will be able to catch it at a glimpse and run with that vision. It might not happen overnight. <laughs> Do you think Don Heslop cares now that he can see what God has done that it didn't happen 10 years ago or 20 years ago? No. Do you think Jonathan Mack or John Blainer or any of the saints in our church that have persevered through the years care that it didn't happen 20 years ago? No. They're grateful that they got to see it happen today. God, if you have a, a vision for my life that's too big for me, I'm okay with that. Uh, worship team, you guys can go ahead and come on up. There's a, a passage in Hebrews chapter 11, and Hebrews chapter 11 is the Hall of Fame of Faith, and I love the Hall of Fame of Faith. And it talks about all these great people who did great things by faith. And then you get kind of toward the end of this chapter, and it says, but some were killed, and some were tortured, and some were sawn in two. Some of them never saw the, the, the prayer fulfilled for their life, the dreams fulfilled for their lives. And my prayer for me and for us as a church is that the dream that God puts in our heart, the vision that God puts on our heart for the future will outlive us. That it's not a vision that will happen in my life. It's a vision that's gonna spill over into future generations. If the promises for my life can be contained in my life, they're too small. They need to be bigger. They need to be grand. They need to be God-sized dreams and visions. And that's what I want for you as well. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for what you've done. We're grateful for 75 years of Summit Church. We're grateful that you have been so faithful to us through the years. I'm thankful for every man, woman, and child who has said yes to you 
in this building, every person who's been baptized and baptized in the Holy Spirit, every person who's experienced reconciliation in their marriage or freedom from addiction or called to ministry, God, we confess today, it's not because of our efforts, it's not because of our goodness, our strength, our abilities, it is because of you. So God, we glorify you and we thank you for it. But God, we ask tonight that each of us in this place, we would not be satisfied with our normal life. We would not be satisfied with just going through the motions. God, give us a God-sized dream and vision for our own lives. God, I pray corporately for us as a church that we'd be able to look ahead and see what you wanna do and sense in the spirit where you wanna take us. And God, I pray that we would be obedient no matter how far we have to go, no matter what it may cost us. God, I pray that there is no length you will call us to that we won't go. We will be obedient, God. God, I pray that as as parents, as moms and dads are sitting here tonight, God, I pray that you'd stir up their heart and see that you've got a God-sized dream for them, for their kids and for their futures. And I pray that we would not sell you short, that we would not be complacent or lazy or comfortable in our lives. But God, you would call us to more. And I pray that we would embrace it and we would pursue it. And I pray that every single one of us we would settle for more in you. That we wouldn't settle for less. So God, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to move in us, move through us, change us, shape us, give us vision for our future, give us vision for the future you have here. And I pray that every single one of us be obedient to do everything it is you call us to do, no matter how crazy, how unreasonable it may seem. And I pray when we do, we will see you work miraculously. So God, thank you for what you've done. But God, we are thanking you in advance for what you wanna do. I can't wait to see what the next 25 years hold for Summit Church. I can't wait to see in 75 years what's gonna happen through Summit Church. So God, we are believing the best, but God, I know you wanna exceed our expectations. So God, have your way with us. Minister in and through this congregation, minister in and through us as individuals and families. And I pray that our region would be transformed for your glory that our world would be transformed for your glory and that truly we would have an international impact because of what you're doing here in little Indiana, Pennsylvania, in Summit Church. God, we love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen. We're gonna sing one more song before we finish up tonight. Uh, and as we do, I just want you to, to worship and meditate on what it is you think God might be calling you to, speaking to you about as far as the vision for your life and the vision for your future. So why don't you stand your feet? We're gonna worship together one more time before we go. If you enjoy this content, please let us know by rating and reviewing the podcast. You can also contact us at summitpodcast.church. Remember to share this episode with your friends and on social media. Summit Podcasts can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Thank you for listening to Summit Podcasts and we will see you in the next episode.